To answer is human, to question is divine. Welcome to the world of the Hidden Gateway, an exhilarating podcast exploring the concepts humans have been struggling with since the dawn of existence, such as, who are we? Is there such a thing as good and evil, or are they arbitrary constructs? Does the paranormal exist? How can we evolve to a higher state? Can our mind influence what we term as reality? Providing a transcendental approach combined with hard-nosed humanistic analysis, we invite you on a journey to question your worldview in this theater of life. Join our host, Justin Williams, as he explores the outer realms of faith, the supernatural, human potential, and even our concepts of the universal creator with a fascinating array of guests. This is the unseen world, magical, mysterious, and mystical, where your only limitation is your imagination. This is The Hidden Gateway. Welcome to another episode of the Hidden Gateway podcast. As always, I am your host, Justin Williams. Today, we welcome Dr. Syed Hyder to our show. Dr. Hyder has over 15 years of experience and has treated thousands of patients. Over the last two years, he's used his expertise to treat COVID patients successfully, helping them restore their health and vitality. However, Today, we will discuss a very important topic that involves protecting our children. Dr. Hyder, welcome to the Hidden Gateway podcast. I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you. All right. Very good. Um, you know, again, thank you so much for all of you done treating thousands of, of COVID patients, you know, for the last couple of years here. Um, I'm a huge advocate of people receiving what some may consider an orthodox or non-traditional treatment of COVID, uh, that treatment that is outside of what is being provided at hospitals and private practices. You know, so thank you for that. That that is awesome. That's amazing. Um, but like I mentioned, we're gonna we're not gonna get into that. We're gonna get into what I definitely consider a very very important topic, and that is transgender. Right, the transgender movement, be child abuse. Right. And in my personal opinion, and I think most of my listening audience would agree, abuse to a child is one of the most lowest forms of cruelty, one of the most evil things that anyone can do, right? And you see it in all types of ways, right? You have pedophilia, you have physical, psychological, mental abuse. And now here we are with this movement, this, this horrible energy that's being pushed people children specifically being used as a weapon and that's what we're going to get into so um i guess my first question is obviously outside of you know what you typically do what specifically made you want to be an advocate to fight for truth in in regards to standing up for for children with this movement that's been going on uh, not only in the united states but i believe it's a worldwide thing though 
Yeah, so the main thing is that I, I have three children, three young children, a three-year-old girl, a seven-year-old boy, and a 10-year-old boy. Um, and so in the last 10 years, you know, as my children have been born and started to grow up, um, I've become very concerned with the culture that they're going to imbibe. And I've actually never had them in any school, any public school. You know, there was a short period of time where they were in kind of like a community school where it was a, a school of like, like put together by like-minded parents and, and we've done a lot of homeschooling. Um, but then, you know, I, in the last few months, you know, when they started to push out these things for babies, um, I, I started to, you know, talk about those and the, and the danger of those on a lot of different programs. And, and on one of those programs, I had, I, I said that I, I thought that the, you know, this push to you know, quote unquote vaccine, they're not really vaccines, but you know, this push to inject babies with COVID, you know, um, shots was one of the, was perhaps the greatest risk again, you know, for our children and the future of humanity. Um, and at the same time, my publicist had been saying, you know, maybe we should do something for pride slash shame month. You know, I call it shame month. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe we should do something for that, you know. And I was like, it's not really like in my wheelhouse. It's not really my, uh, you know, my thing, right? Like, I don't know how that relates to anything that I'm doing. But when I said that about the the shots, I after that interview, I realized, I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it's not the greatest threat. Maybe the greatest threat is the trans agenda. Um, and, and I have to explain that, right? So like the shots, I see them as possibly um, leading to infertility, right? Um, possibly leading to death, possibly leading to vaccine-acquired immunodeficiency syndrome, right? Like there's indications that they could be quite terrible for humanity. Uh, they lower sperm counts and quality. They lower fertility in women. Um, they cause um, spontaneous abortions. And, and that's just the start. That's just like the tip of the iceberg. Who knows what they're going to do in the next 10, 20 years? Um, so there's a lot of unknowns, right? They could be like a civilization killer, right? Like, but who knows? Maybe they're not that bad. Um, whereas the trans thing is is definitely terrible. And, and you can call it child, every kind of child abuse, it's all rolled up into the trans issue, right? You have psychological abuse, you have, you know, like um, sexual abuse, you have physical abuse, right? Chopping off body parts, mutilating kids, um, you know, like a medicalized abuse where you're giving them cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers. Um, I mean, things that have really never been done before to kids. I mean, the extent of the abuse here um, is really, it's mind blowing. It blows my mind when I think about it. So it begins, you know, the, the number one problem is planting the seed of just the idea in a small child's mind, right? That itself is so evil, right? Because kids would never think about this themselves, right? Which is why right. I tell parents, schools are not safe. You don't even want the idea to enter their consciousness until they're much, much older, like maybe in their, I mean, I would shelter my kids as long as possible, right? Fully formed frontal lobes, you know, they, they can't fully think through long-term, like in their mid twenties. All right. So, right, right. you know, they're, they're risk takers. They like to push boundaries. They like to take risks. They, they think they're going to live forever. I mean, think back to when you were a kid. I mean, it just seems like this endless, you know, summer of, you know, youth that's never ending. Right. Um, you don't really believe you're going to get old. You don't really believe you're going right. to one day look like your grandparents, right? Like it's hard to actually mm -hmm. truly deep down believe that. So kids, kids think they're indestructible, right? Um, and they also have this magical thinking, right? Like they believe in Santa Claus. They believe in the tooth fairy. The tooth fairy. They believe in magic, right? They believe in, um, you know, those kind of things. So they, they actually literally believe that a boy can turn into a girl, right? So like kids, sometimes in right. schools, they'll, wow. they'll tell their parents, they get really upset. They're like, mom, 
am I going to turn into a boy or turn into a girl? Right. Like, um, and like, they think it's real, right? Like really real, right? Like you're just waving a magic wand and poof, you know, fairy godmother turns you into something else. Um, and so, so, so I think that's, that's the worst thing. And that makes schools an unsafe place to be. It makes social media an, an unsafe place for children. Uh, most of the internet, right? Like you can't really, let your kids loose on the internet or on an iPad without some kind of net nanny, right? You got to be careful. And then since everyone's carrying around a phone in their pocket, right? You got to be careful of who your kids meet on the street even, right? Like who, what kind of kids do they play with, right? You have to create your own little bubble to protect your children. And, and a lot of people may have to move, you know, maybe you just can't find like-minded people around you. You got to go somewhere and you got to take responsibility for your children, right? Like what they're going to end up there being. And, and why, why is it possibly far worse, right? Like why is this a society killer? Because nine to 40% at this point of generation Z, they're, they're like 10 to 22 years old right now, right? Around that age. Um, that's generation Z. Nine to 40% of them identify as LGBTQ. Okay. What, what's so bad about that, right? Um, so it, it's not just a personal choice. It's a choice that affects the entire society and the future of the human race, right? Because that group of people are far less likely to have kids. If they do have kids, it's not going to be in a traditional family, mom and dad family. And we know oh, yeah. from decades of research that a traditional mom and dad family, right? Traditional nuclear family mm -hmm. is the building block of a healthy society. It leads to the best outcomes in children, right? They have the best, you know, health outcomes. They have the best, lo best longevity outcomes, the best, you know, earning outcomes, the best, best education outcomes, the best, you know, mental health outcomes and everything across the board. If you want a robust, you know, vibrant society full of healthy, well-adjusted human beings, you got to have a nuclear family, right? And this is the destruction mm -hmm. of family right that's what this agenda is the agenda is destroying family to the point where it's like well you don't really need to be related to your family you know just like somebody important in your life can be your family you know like they're right, trying to redefine wow. family they're trying to destroy it um to leave people unmoored you know they're just kind of like free-floating people that are unconnected to other people and, and the other problem with it is that like the LGBT, the plus part of LGBTQ, right? LGBTQ plus. Now it's like, I don't know, dozens of other, you know, <laughs> denominations or oh, whatever, of, you know, it's identifications, lot, yeah. <laughs> the things you can identify as. I mean, people, kids are identifying as cats and like, you know, wolves mm -hmm. and stuff at this point, right? I mean, how ridiculous can you get? Um, and so what does that do? That fractures the society, right? Like it used to be that everyone... 50, 60, 70 years ago, they all felt like they were Americans, you know, like I'm proud to be an American, right? Um, now it's like, no one's proud to be an American, right? It's like, I'm proud to be like gay, or I'm proud to be, you know, trans, or I'm proud cat or i'm proud to be a wolf or something right um so so what does that do like it it disconnects more and more people from the group the big group right and and eventually the big group dies the big group is gone there is no big group right and what does that allow it allows um tyranny right to to take hold um i just want to be sure you can computer went to sleep yeah. um yeah okay. so so it allows tyranny to take hold and um because you're you're easy to control when you um are you know like it's like that old story the children's story of like you bundle up a bunch of sticks and you can't break them right but you can break a single stick very easily um so so what they're doing right. is they're unbundling us right they're unbundling um humanity so that they're so that we're easier to control um and so so there is an agenda behind this i think it began really with the 
atheist philosophy in, in Western civilization, when that took hold, mm. um, and then out of that came Marxism and communism and the Frankfurt School 100 years ago, and out of that came critical theory, critical race theory, critical everything, critical gender theory, critical, you know, just all kinds of critical theory. Um, and, and so all of these agendas are kind of intertwined, right? And it's, it's been this generations-long attack on, on our culture. Right in America, and and I think I mean, you know, maybe the cult the culture has become decadent anyway. You know, maybe we're in the twilight of our civilization. You know, in America, I mean, not not every civilization eventually, you know, it rises and it falls. You know, there's um, the Chinese right. see history this way. They see this kind of yin and yang kind of view of history. You have these uh, mm -hmm. sine waves of civilization. You know, you have a a birth and a youth and a you know peak, you know, maturity, and then a decline and a death. And and every civilization we've ever known of has gone through these phases. I mean, some might last a thousand years, but still, you know, humanity has been around for probably hundreds of thousands of years and, and nothing has lasted, you know, more than, you know, perhaps, you know, a few hundred or a thousand years on average. Um, most large, you know, ancient civilization, you know, Rome fell, America will fall eventually too. But, you know, I don't want to become nihilistic because this nihilism, right, is also one of these ideas that sprouted out of atheism so you know i mean i'm a believer right i believe in the next world i believe in god i believe that we're here put here on the world you know in the world for a purpose right I mean, to know god and to you know please him and to get closer to him by doing what he wants which spreads the good to the greatest number of people um and so when you have ideas like this these are civilization killers because they they drop the birth rates dramatically right so um mm -hmm. you don't need like fire and brimstone to destroy the civilization they'll just stop reproducing and they will die out you know this civilization and all civilizations that are going down this path will die out right the culture this culture will die out within you know maybe it's 50 years maybe 100 years maybe 200 years and be replaced by people who like to reproduce right so it's a it's an evolutionary dead end for a society to go down this path and so why is that so bad right because like somebody who believes in the next world they want everyone possible to be born and to know God and to enter, you know, paradise in the next world. So we don't want to hasten on the end of civilizations or the end of the world or like, you know, the end of humanity. This is a far greater problem than climate change, right? There, this climate change is billed as like the existential threat. It's not the existential threat. The destruction of traditional mores and traditional cultures and, and this trans agenda, this is the existential threat for humanity. Wow, that's very powerful. Everything you said is very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, one thing that really, really uh, stuck out um, that you said is, is a few minutes ago, you said uh, parents must be responsible for your for their children, you know, and that's that's powerful within itself. Like you, I have this being 11 years old, she's an 11 year old girl. And I remember right around 2020 when the pandemic hit and, you know, she was forced to um, to into public school. She was forced to, you know, uh, do online school, right? And it left her more time online, more time on her iPad, et cetera. And, you know, I police those things. However, there are certain um, sites or, 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 or rooms or wherever she went to where there was a heavy influence of, um, of homosexuality, lesbianism, things like that. And where 
she became bombarded with this information and she felt like she had to make a choice, right? And that's where my wife and I, we stepped in and we helped navigate her through that and say, listen, no, you don't have to make a choice. You're, at that time, she was nine. I said, you're nine years old. This isn't something that you should not have to worry about. You need to simply worry about your uh, school and, and your family having fun, those things like that. And to me, with the transgender movement, similar right where these kids are being forced to make a decision where they're just being bombarded with all this information and unfortunately there are not enough parents taking that responsibility being responsible parents and helping their children navigate through that it's simply it seems like children get this information online or from wherever and they say a girl says oh i want to be a boy or, or a boy says oh i want to be a girl and parents are just like okay you know you, you can that's who you feel you are inside and and as you mentioned earlier have the the ability there they haven't developed to the point where they're able to make those decisions right and it's just a, a terrible terrible thing that they're going through yeah so um i think you gotta you gotta really think deeply about why it's such a heavy and great responsibility what you do with your children and this is the way i think of it you're you're influencing them right they they copy you right as you as they're growing up anyone who's kind of watched their kids will see that the kids are like copycats they just copy they they learn all of your good things and your bad things um and so you pass on a lot of stuff to your kids but then you know outside influences also will come in and muddy the water for them and you know it may lead them down the wrong path and lead them to a life of, you know, um, maybe anxiety, depression. I mean, it, like trans people who do transition have very high rates of mental illness, right? Far beyond, you know, far, far higher suicide rates, right? Like they're not happy people, right? So what parents right. are scared of and what everyone is being told is that if you don't affirm them, fully affirm them, just say, oh, sure, you're whatever you want to be, right? You're a dog or a pig. Fine. You say that you are. Um if you don't affirm them, they'll go kill themselves, right? Um, they'll, they'll commit suicide, right? That's that's what everyone's afraid of. You know, if you're plugged into like a school and counselors and, you know, medical professionals, um, they will call child protective services on you if you don't affirm your child, right? So um, wow. what, I'm, what I'm saying is that um, this is really dangerous, right? Because it's a very simplistic approach. And a lot of countries have realized that Sweden was one, one of the first countries on the bandwagon of like trans and they have jumped off right? They have stopped um, pushing all of this onto kids. Uh, England is closing down. It's like, you know, NHS, you know, National Health Service centers for, for you know, giving cross-sex hormones and stuff and puberty blockers. Um, so a lot of other countries are starting to realize that it's not that simplistic, okay? Why, you have to ask, why is the kid saying this? Are they depressed? Is the girl thinking that she's not pretty enough to be a girl? You know, are they, are, have they been abused, right? Has there been some sexual abuse or some neglect or, you know, is there something wrong in school or is there somebody grooming them online is there somebody like sending them like pornography that's what's happening now your kids go into these chat rooms and there are adults there posing as kids right i mean how, who knows right um and, and they're sending them pornography they're getting addicted to pornography they're going down this rabbit hole and starting to be like they're being brainwashed and groomed into turning you know to turn into something that they're not um so so pe parents they you need if you're a parent, you need to go and read the stories of other parents who have dealt with this with their children. Um, it's very difficult, right? It's easier. Prevention is always easier, right? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, you want to prevent the thought from even entering the mind. And to get back to what I was saying about the, the heaviness, the weight of the responsibility, it's not just the 
the sink, the next generation right after you that you affect, you know, you affect them and then they affect the next generation that affects the next generation. So really you're like a, a patriarch or a matriarch of like, it could literally be thousands or tens of thousands of descendants coming from you, right? Uh, who have been affected by what you right. did to your kids and what you allowed to happen to your kids, right? So everyone, right, on earth who has a child, you know, it just depends on how long humanity continues, how many generations are there before us, how many, you know, kids will each kid have? I mean, it's an exponential growth curve for your descendants, right? Um, you will right, affect right. tens of thousands of people in the future with the choices that you make for your kids right now. So so it's it's a really it's a big responsibility that people need to think very deeply about. And it's not just that, right? So you also affect you you have a ripple effect on everyone around you, right? So like you do something wrong if you if you kind of judge yourself and and everyone judges themselves naturally, right? So sometimes just to give an example of this, right? Like you may think you're doing something by yourself in your bedroom um and you're not, you're not you know you think it's wrong, but you, you're addicted to it, or you just like to do it, or you you know you can't give it up, right? Um, and you feel right. bad about it, right? And then you take out that bad feeling on other people in your life, like your kids and your wife and your coworkers, right? You get angry at people, yeah. but you're really angry at yourself, right? So so this right. evil that people think is like personal, it's like you know, it's hidden, it's just me, is actually affecting everyone around you, and then they affect other mm -hmm. people, right? Like they they react to you, you know, like maybe you're somebody's boss, or you know, everyone who has a family. Is it's kind of like a boss, right? Like, like you're kind of in charge, right? You've given been given this God-given responsibility of being in charge of young, you know, people beneath you, right? So like everyone is kind of like the a president in their own little family, right? Or a you know a prime minister or whatever you want to call it, or a king or an emperor for these kids, right? Um, and and so like everyone likes to blame, you know you know, Biden or Trump or, you know, like the president, why are, you know, they're so stupid. Why do they screw up the country and everything? Well, you need to start at home, right? Stop screwing up your there family, right? There Stop screwing is. up yourself exactly. and your family, right? So, so That's you're right. in charge of this little microcosm, right? And if every little microcosm was a healthy microcosm, the macrocosm would be healthy too. So, you know, when mm -hmm. the people who are put in charge of us, they're just a reflection of us. You think you'd be any better? as a president right like sure i mean maybe mm. if your family is perfectly healthy and well adjusted you might be but it's the exception right i mean there's most families nowadays are a little bit dysfunctional i mean we're a little bit off compared to our ancestors and there's a lot of reasons for it but i think you know we got to start at home so the most important thing is you prevent you know evil from entering the minds of your children right so this itself mm -hmm. every society has understood that you don't tell your kids everything right when they're born right like you wait to introduce them to certain evil things and thoughts and ideas i mean you, right i mean have we lost that understanding that like you're not just gonna like start telling your kids about like prostitution or something i mean you're not going to tell them like how to be a bank robber right like there's some things you don't want them to know you know you you most people wouldn't feel comfortable taking a child to a strip club. And yet now people feel comfortable taking their kids to a gay strip club or like a trans strip club, right? Like it's the same thing. I've seen It's that. even worse, yes. you know? Yes, right. Yeah. I don't get it. I've seen that, man, where there are these, I think they're the trans uh, or drag or, or whatever it is. And I don't know the, the right term, but the kids are there, right? Kids are there taking that in and they don't understand it. And it's, it's, it's obviously psychologically affecting them. And 
you know, obviously there there's people on the other end of the spectrum that that support. And, you know, we live in a uh, in a time where it's all about it's my right. It's my right. And I can do this. I can do that. So what do you say to those people that are on the other end of the spectrum that say, well, you're discriminating against me. It's my right to do this. It's free love, free will. How do you approach them? How do you deal with those type people? Yeah. So if somebody came up to me and, you know, told me that they were a woman or presented themselves as a woman, I'm not going to pull down your pants and check. Right. But that's what these people want to do. They want to pull down their pants in front of you and say, hey, look, it looks like a guy, but I'm actually a woman. <laughs> you got to treat me like a woman. Right. Like they're telling you that they have man parts, but they want you to treat them like a woman or they used to have man parts. Now you got to treat them like a woman. Right. Like they have to come out and be something, you know, they have to like force you to accept them. Um you know, so like it would be one thing if this was kind of like a personal thing and you're not trying to spread it to the entire site. You're not trying to like brainwash kids and like groom them and like plant the seed when they're little and then like, you know, and then they go down a rabbit hole online and then like they, it becomes like this social contagion when they're, you know, getting into puberty. And, you know, so like it's a social contagion amongst girls, especially. Right. Like it used to be that girls would all be like anorexic together or they'd all be bulimic bulimic together or they'd all be like you know whatever right or cutting themselves or something right like these these things especially amongst girls become like contagious just social ideas and trends can become extremely contagious and and that's definitely what's happening here because um you know the uh historically uh, these kinds of like um the, the kids who identified as, you know, transsexual were very, very young boys, right? They were like, you know, in the first few years of life, they would, you know, identify as this. And up to 95% of the time, if you just let them go through puberty, it would correct itself. It would self-correct. Um, they would stop identifying that way as a girl. Um, but now it's what's called rapid onset gender dysphoria. This is an entirely new thing. Right. So it, it's never existed before. Like we've never seen it before until the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, and now it's just like exploding. Right. In incidents. So things like this don't happen overnight. Right. You don't just develop a new kind of mental disorder or physical disorder or like, you know, this kind of thing. These things are caused by something, right? And here, um, you know, genes don't change in 10 years, right? So it's either environmental, it's it's certainly environmental, right? Like it's either chemicals in the environment, toxins, or it's like an idea that's in the environment of these kids. And it's it's primarily an idea, right? It's mostly an idea that's, it's in fact, it's like a mind virus, right? Like you let it in the door. And so the most important thing is not to let it in the door, if possible, as long as possible, protect them, shelter your children from those things. Um, and sorry, I kind of like lost track of the initial question. Um, I go down these little tangents, um, no, but I hope no, I answered it. Yeah. No yeah, yeah, yeah. Great information there. Uh, let's talk about the the risk. I you think you touched on it a bit earlier, but the risk regarding the different medications and hormones that are being given to these children at such a young age. Um, do we know what type of effects? Has there been any research or studies done on the type of effects, negative effects that it can have on children as they progress throughout teenhood and adulthood? Yeah, so this is one of the reasons that countries like Sweden that were like very early to accept this ideology have now started to back away from it because the puberty blockers do have negative effects. So some kids, they develop like weak bones. They don't grow as tall. Um, they might develop, you know, long-term, um, you know, mental issues. Their brain might not develop properly. Um, so there's a lot of serious side effects that are possible. And the 
this the research is not being done right because it's like politically incorrect to ask these questions right now right it's like right, you can't right, get right. funding for this research so it's just not being done and any amount of you know the the research that has been under the side effects that we do know of we don't know the prevalence of it we don't know how extensive it is because no one's looking right um but like you know once you get into the you know you get beyond the puberty blocking stage into the cross-sex hormone stage then you're you're talking about things like cancers and heart disease and like you know really terrible outcomes that can happen um and and and, and you know, one of the worst things is infertility, right? Like lifelong infertility is right. possible at a certain point. You know, certainly if you hack off the things that you need to be fertile, but also just with the cross-sex hormones, you may develop infertility. Um, and and so these things, you know, once you start down this path, it's almost oftentimes seems like a self-fulfilling prophecy, like, right? Like you put them on the puberty blocker and then you put them on the cross-sex hormones and then they start to like develop kind of like the opposite sex, right? Like they, you know, a girl's voice will become deeper. She might get an Adam's apple, you know, she, you know, just everything will change right she'll might get facial hair you know and her bone structure might you know start to alter and she'll you know be a lot more aggressive and have a different personality right so like um you're like strengthening the identification with the opposite sex right you're making it stronger and stronger and stronger and then if you do start to de-identify right or de try to detransition de you're left with these sometimes you know irreversible side effects so a lot of these kids will never be able to have babies some of them will never be able to have an orgasm right like how can you take consent from a child to never have an orgasm they've they don't even know what an orgasm is, right? Like they've never experienced one. How can they agree to never have one, right? How can they agree to never have kids? Who who listening wanted to have kids when you were like six or five or four, right? Like seriously, I mean, maybe, you know, this maybe some girls, you know, maybe it's like the exception to the rule, but 99% of kids can't even imagine having their own kids, right? Let alone give right. consent to be unable to ever have them, right? I mean, most people get to their 20s or 30s before they even start thinking about it, right? Before it even crosses their right. mind that this is what I want. So um, the, the idea of, of an informed consent is has been thrown out the window. You know, it was thrown out the window with COVID and it's been thrown out the window with, you know, this trans, you know, agenda as well. Okay, very interesting. Now, you know, obviously you have, you know, the transgender agenda. Um, to me, for a long time in this country, it seems like there was a an agenda to push homosexuality. You know, we, we saw that through TV, movies, and in every walk of And um, some may say there's this agenda on the horizon to promote pedophilia, right? Mm -hmm. Now, are there studies that have been done or research that have been done that says maybe that kids, maybe kids who are abused, sexually abused as kids, they, do they, do, is there like a certain percentage of them that then grow up to be um, homosexual or lesbian? Um, and, um, is, is there a percentage of those kids that um, also maybe to or become, you know, transgender? Are, are, are those three somehow tied together in, in some way, shape or form? Is, is that possible? I, I, I suspect kind of, kind that, that with that theory? yeah, no, I suspect that there is, you know, an element of, um, you know, there's, again, this is research that can't be done. These are questions that can't be asked, right? So if a researcher okay. wants to ask this question, it will not get funding, right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. and and you'll become a pariah in the research community and you'll have no future, you know, th this is how the research world works. That's what people have to understand, that it's very easy in sociological research like this to answer the question with the answer that you want, right? 
for it to be, right? So you can conduct studies that give you the answer that you want, right? It's not very hard. Um, and that's actually probably most of the research being done in this space is just like, conf it's just confirming the bias of the people who are asking the questions. Um, so they're structuring the studies in such a way to get the answer that they want. Um, they're, they're not insisting on follow-up with everyone so that you can capture the people who detransition later on, right? They're not doing follow-up for long enough. Um, and so, so this is a big problem, but there, you know, to not really answer your question, but a, a similar question, like there is data showing that like kids who identify this way, especially the girls are autistic at a much higher rate than the rest of the, you know, the rest of the country, the rest of humanity. Um, so there are, and, and certainly wow. we, we know that there, there, there are far higher levels of depression, anxiety um, and suicidality in, in these people before and after transitioning, right? I mean, it, it's there and it continues to be there, right? And, and one, of the, one of the interesting things, I think it was Abigail Schreier who said this on a, in a letter that she was writing online, a public letter that she wrote, um, or maybe the person she was writing to who responded this way, but she, one of them had this idea, Heather Heyer or Abigail Schreier, I don't remember. Um, so one of them was saying that, you know, it seems to me that kids have always tried to rebel against their parents, right? at some point, right? So, so anyone's had kids, you know that they try to test the boundaries, right? Like how far am I allowed to go, right? Um, and, and, and it's kind of like a natural thing for them. They wanna know what the boundaries are, right? And, and they keep pushing them to see, can I get through the boundary, right? Can I go farther? Can I push you a little bit farther and farther? Um, and so um, what she was saying was that this kind of rebellion right? We're co-opting it. We're basically taking it away from them by just this radical acceptance. Everyone is accepting them, right? They, they, they kind of expect some pushback, right? Like when they come to their parents and say, oh, I'm actually a boy, right? What they're expecting psychologically is for you to reject it, you know, out of hand, right? Like as if, you know, in a prior, you know, like maybe a hundred years ago, what would the rebellion have been? Maybe your daughter like starts wearing her skirt like two inches higher than everyone else or something, right? Like back then that was like very risque and, you know, everyone would uh, attack you for doing so. Um, and then, you know, maybe a couple of generations later, the rebellion would have been just like maybe, um, you know, smoking pot or smoking, you know, or, or having sex, you know, outside of marriage or mm -hmm. something, right? Um, and, so, and so we've pushed, you know, we've accepted all those things, right? So like, what are kids left with? What can they rebel with, right? They're allowed to do basically whatever they want now. Um, everything has become normalized by society itself, right? Maybe not every parent, but like right. society as a whole, has kind of started to accept almost everything. And now even this, right? It's like everyone will just be like, sure, sure, sure. You know, and so like the kid kind of falls flat on their face, right? Like they're pushing, expecting to be like met with resistance and there's no resistance, right? And so mm -hmm. like you think that you're helping them and in fact, you're not helping them. And, and the other kind of related idea is that we've been sheltering our kids far too much in terms of, and so like, there's one thing you want to shelter them against evil, but you don't want to shelter them from like the normal, like upset of life, right? Like, you know, like trying to protect be overprotective like helicopter parent does not serve them. It doesn't make them resilient human beings who can like, you know, handle things, right? So so they have to be able to handle disappointment. Not everyone can win, right? You can't just give out trophies to everyone. Um, some people are going to lose. And those some of those people are going to pick themselves up and try even harder and eventually win or find something that they can win at, right? Um, and so, so a lot of this, you know, these 
you know, last this generation, the last few generations. I mean, just the rates of skyrocketing mental illness is like partly because you're not letting them kind of like experience some negativity as they're growing up, right? Like, you know, maybe a little bit of bullying is okay, right? Maybe a little bit of, you know, heartache is all right. You know, maybe a little bit of, you know, failure is fine so that, you know, they learn how to deal with like life isn't going to be a bed of roses, right? It's, it's hard. You know, you don't always get what you want, right? You don't, you can't spoil kids and expect them to grow up into like functional human beings. You can't give them whatever they want, right? You can't let them stay up as long as they want. You can't let them play on video games as much as they want. You can't let them eat whatever they want, right? Like you gotta, you gotta start parenting the way like people have parented for, you know, 10, you know, hundreds of thousands of years. Like why is society, why, why are you alive? Because your parents and their parents and their parents all the way back to Adam did the right thing, right? They did something right, right. for you to be here. If you do the wrong thing, you know, your kids may not survive or they may not have kids. And eventually, you know, your line, you know, gets cut off. And this is kind of like, what is the evolutionary pressure, right? Like you look around, there's no society that's ever gone down this path and survived. All right. There is no society you can look at that like is, you know, hundreds of years old that has accepted these ideologies and survived, right? It's an evolutionary dead end. It's the society killer. Okay. We are destroying our society. It will not be around after much longer, um, which I would say is not a good thing, right? Because you're, you're choosing to cut off these future millions or billions of human beings that could have been born if we had stemmed, you know, stopped this, you know, if we had pushed it back and like reversed this trend in our society, right? So it's it's a tremendous evil, right? It's an epic battle between good and evil. It's been going on since the beginning of time. And you have to realize that you're part of it, right? You have to put a meaning into your life and start thinking of like the bigger picture, you know, beyond this world even, you know, and, and the next world and eternity. Um, you gotta start thinking about your eternal soul. But I mean, even if you don't believe in that, you gotta start thinking about this existential threat to humanity because people yearn for meaning. Like I wanna be a part of something, right? Like why do people play yeah. like video games and go on quests and video games? It's like, you wanna be part of something epic, right? You are part of something epic. You have to like wake up and realize it. Wow, well, something that, that really caught my attention was you said um, it's an epic battle between good and evil. Now, on, on my show here, I've had you know numerous guests, and we talk about spirituality, we talk about religion, various things, and I've had some of those guests uh, say that they believe that some of the things that we're seeing in this world today, such as the um, transgender move, movement, is a form of spiritual warfare, right? Do you believe that to be so, or do you think it's it's something totally, totally different? Yeah, so this this hundreds of years ago, right, with the the mm -hmm. beginning, you know, the the atheist philosophy, and so yeah. at its yeah. root, everything comes from atheism and nihilism and all these like relativism and everything, and these are all an attack mm -hmm. on spirituality, certainly, and okay. so materialism itself comes from atheism, right, and so like our culture right. is very materialistic, right, like I mean, a little girl who like doesn't feel pretty enough and wants to like, I mean, you know, wants to like change her face or her figure or something and like you know turn to somebody else why right why is it affecting people so deeply right um because everyone around them is so focused on the physical reality the physical world they think that's all that exists so like people in the past they weren't so hung up on like the shape of their nose right like it's like yeah, there's yeah. bigger fish to fry right like there's something bigger going on you're part of something far grander you're meant for far bigger things right than just this you know measly 70 years of existence 
is meant to be a springboard to an eternity, like an eternal life. Um, and you know what you're going to have in that eternal life depends on what you do in these 70 years. So it's extremely important. It's mm -hmm. crucially important. Um, but you got to like let yourself understand the bigger picture, right? That you're a part of. Um, and that's what spirituality is. It's like giving you context, right? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> What's my purpose? Mm -hmm. Why am I here? Yeah. Um, and when you, when you don't have that, when you, when you, take that away from people they try they like invent meaning or they invent purpose or they invent a religion right like the covid cult right it's kind of like a religion um cult. Yeah. yeah so um uh, and all kinds of things right they, they try to create meaning or find it or they go down into just like you know pleasure right and it's just like video games and cheetos all day long right and masturbating and you know having sex and you know shooting up and you know until you die um that that's it's like anyone who's gone down gone down that you know pleasure hole has discovered that there's no satisfaction at the end of it there, there right. first of all there's no end to it right it's like a black hole you just keep mm -hmm. going down you just keep getting sucked in um but there's no satisfaction right so we've like people don't feel satisfied why because they don't know what their heart actually wants, right? Like, what do they really deep down actually yearn for, right? People want to be at peace. They want to be kind of like, you know, content, right? It's not things that you want. It's not money that you really want, right? It's all those things are like substitutes. Like, you think you're going to get what you want by getting them, right? Like, when you get money, you think you're going to feel satisfied. You think you're going to feel content. That's why you want money. You want money. Maybe you want money to buy things because you think that you will feel satisfied when you get them. Um, but like the whole like process of living is meant to teach you step by step that like none of these things satisfy you, right? Like you thought that you wanted that car, then you got it. And then you want something else, right? There's no end yeah. to like physical wants. Yeah. There's no end to them. They are, they're, they're a trick of the devil, right? Like the worldly desires are a trick. The devil is tricking everyone, right? And so, mm -hmm. so yes, it's, it's the death of spirituality. All of it is. And, and people need to understand where did these ideas stem from? What's their root, right? It's atheism. Um, and then, and then it, these different branches right and you get into marxism and communism relativism right like and uh and all of these all the, you know nihilism like nothing matters you know um so all of these things come from the same evil you know root toxic root that needs to be you know ripped out right and and it's unfortunate that uh that philosophical idea found you know fertile soil in western civilization it is very unfortunate. I couldn't agree more without doubt. Uh, this has been a phenomenal, phenomenal chat, doctor. I, I really appreciate you. Um, just two more questions for you here. Who would you say, in your opinion, is impacted the most in a negative way by the transgender movement? Would you say it's straight men or straight women? And I ask this because I was, as you were talking, it came to mind about the uh, college swimmer who was a trans, a trans person. And this person won like a national championship in swimming, right? And then I, I looked at the looked at them all standing on the on the stage there accepting their medals, their awards. You have the ladies there, they're like five two, five three, five four, 120 pounds. And you have this guy's like six three, a solid 190. You know? So obviously <laughs> in, in sports it's you know, but then you have other other you know facets of life. Then I see a couple stories about a transgender person. This person now identifies as a woman, 
So they put him, he was in prison. They put him in the, with the female population and he gets like three or four women pregnant or she, however, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so in, in your opinion, who is, who is impacted more in a, in a, in a negative way? Is it, is it the women or is it the men or is it really no way to even. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is, you know, from a number of different perspectives, you could say that like short term, at least that the biggest impact is women. Um, mm-hmm. and, and why is that? Because, you know, girls are like, you know, four or five times more likely to identify as trans nowadays in our culture. Um, but, uh, and, and then also, like you're saying, um, you know, men in any kind of physical arena who identify as trans are going to like take something away from the girls um, who would have had it, you know, before. Um, but I think that the, the real, the deeper answer to the question is future generations who won't be born right? Those are the most affected. And that's men, women, it's everyone, right? It's everyone completely. Um, So so that's what we should really be worried about. And, And why is that worrisome, right? Like there's this idea, you know, elite idea, you know, maybe leftist idea that, you know, climate change is the existential threat and that this Malthusian idea that we have too many people on earth, right? We need to limit the amount of people on earth. And, and that's just, a false idea, um, but uh, if we, you know, end up doing what these people want by like drastically cutting the population, which is, seems to be the direction we're headed um, for a lot of different reasons, um, including this movement, um, if that happens, it's gonna like make the Great Depression look like nothing. Okay, and why is that? Right, you go from seven billion people and enough, you know in America, maybe 350 million people um, and and however many houses we have, okay? If you cut that in half, suddenly we have way too many houses, right? There's the, the property markets will collapse is my point, right? The, the, the real estate markets will collapse. So a lot of people's wealth is tied up in their homes. It'll collapse, it'll disappear. Um, we're not gonna have enough people to run things, right? We're not going to have enough people to take care of the elderly, right? We're not going to have enough people to pay for their care, right? To pay social security, right? We're not going to have enough people to grow our food. Um, so there will be, you know, famine. It's it's like it's like an end of the world scenario if the population collapses. And that's what we're headed for. We're headed for population collapse. Um, and, and the elite are getting ready for it by, you know, building robots and artificial intelligence and, and hoping and, and, I, I think that like at the very highest levels, I mean, it's hard for me to believe that they truly like think that climate change is, is a threat because like, if you like anyone with, you know, just average intelligence can figure out that it, there's a lot of BS in this climate change movement. Um, I mean, I was, I just recently saw like a, you know, some research that's been going on for years showing that CO2 is not actually a greenhouse gas, right? It's never actually been tested, you know, whether that theory is in actual fact, like real, right? So somebody went ahead and tested it to see, you know, you know, the different gases in our atmosphere, do they hold on to heat? You know, do they trap heat from the sun? Light, light comes in like a greenhouse or not, and it's not apparently right so so this whole the, like the the linchpin the thing that's holding this whole climate change argument together is uh, is actually false um and and just recently i mean just to give people an, a sense of how like rotten our scientific establishment is this is like just been in the news recently um for like a decade or more like the the main research goal in Alzheimer's disease research has been to figure out how to 
minimize beta amyloid plaque, okay? So like something like 10 years ago, study, maybe longer at this point, um, that supposedly proved that beta amyloid plaque in the brain is what causes Alzheimer's, right? And so since then, billions of dollars have poured into research to try to figure out drugs to get rid of beta amyloid plaque. And we've had a bunch of them and none of them have worked. Just recently, we discovered Nature just published a paper. It took them like six months of research and digging to like be sure about their thesis. But they went back and looked at that first paper and discovered it was a complete fraud. They had photoshopped these images and stuff, right? Like it was a complete oh, wow. fraud. Um, so like <laughs> that plus, you know, what, what happened during COVID, I mean, basically the same thing happened with the COVID shots. Um, there's and then this climate thing, change thing, you know, is another big example. So like research, you know, the research world, you know, we, we think it's scientific and we think that some of these studies are like gold standard and they can't be like disproven. There's a lot of fraud and then there's a lot of like bias and there's a lot of like bad studies, designs, right? They're just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's a whole different topic, right, to talk about. If anyone's interested in like understanding why it's so messed up, right? Why the system is so rotten to the core. Read, um, I think it's up there, the the real Anthony Fauci, right? By RFK yes, Jr., Robert right. Robert uh, Kennedy Jr. Um, he, he goes into great detail about the, you know, kind of like the AIDS hoax and the hoax and like, and why, like, you know, what the government, you know, chooses to fund is just things that make money because they're in bed with big pharma. They're, they're like very... Right closely tied to the big pharma agenda and um and anything that doesn't fit the paradigm doesn't get funded right and anyone who speaks out against the paradigm and says like hey maybe this is wrong gets completely excommunicated by pope fauci right so like you you'll you'll never like there was this famous example peter duesberg he was like the preeminent you know like virologist cancer virologist researcher you know in the 80s or 90s uh, 80s i guess and um he pointed out that the emperor has no clothes here, right? Like the HIV AIDS hypothesis, you know, it doesn't make any sense, right? That this virus is actually the the underlying cause or the sole cause of AIDS. Um, and Fauci just like destroyed his career. He had been, you know, he had never had a research grant denied until he published this paper. And then he never had a research grant accepted after that. So his career was basically over because he went wow. against the prevailing paradigm that big pharma was seeing as their cash cow, right? Like big pharma mm -hmm. looked at this, you know, the HIV, you know, AIDS epidemic is their cash cow, right? Like we'll, and, and if we have this infectious, you know, agent, this HIV, then we have something to target, something to like, you know, create drugs against, right? And so it went on for, you know, it's still going on, right? Um, and, and a lot of the people like Peter Duesberg and others, Nobel laureates, really, like um, other Nobel, you know, famous people, very smart scientists have come out and kind of like, you know, thrown shade on this whole hypothesis that HIV is the only cause of AIDS. They, I mean, it's actually far more likely that it's just like a multifactorial illness caused by a lot of different things, toxic exposures, like all kinds of things, right, um, lead to it. Um, and, and HIV might just be kind of like a passenger along for it, it might be part of the the issue you know it might be um but but it, by itself it's not enough right so to, to create aids in people um and so there's there's a lot of information in that book um again i've kind of gone down the rabbit hole so i, I know no that's that's great put up, so. no yeah that that's fine thank you so much uh one last request for you doctor you know, each and every guest, I ask them to leave our listeners with what I like to call a token of love, something that they can take with them 
um, along something from the heart, if you will. Um, it can be a minute, two, three, four, five minutes, however you're led. If you could, could please give us something. Yeah, so um, there is some, you know, the thing that I find probably to be of greatest value that we provide at, and this is my website, mygotodoc.com, M-Y-G-O-T-O-D-O-C. Um, the thing that I think is most valuable is that you can register for free as a patient in my practice and then ask us medical questions for free. So you can like send us a question, nice. we'll send you an answer. And and why is that important? Because you can ask medical questions for free, you know, like just answers or whatever. But um, but this is like from somebody who really knows what's going on, okay? Um, who who's not like you know biased. I'm not like you know employed. I'm not like you know enslaved by some corporation. And so I I can speak freely and tell you the truth. Um, but in terms of like a message from the heart, what I would say is that you know the powers that be would have us divided, right? And and this is how they control us. We have to cast aside our minor differences and focus on our similarities, right? Like we, we've all descended from Adam and Eve and we are all far more similar than we are different, right? And everyone just wants essentially the same things. They want a good life for themselves and their kids. They want to be able to afford, you know, things. They want to be able to afford you know, energy and food and a place to live, right? Um, these are the most right. important key things, key elements of, of, you know, a human being's life and taken away from us, right? Our money is being inflated away to nothing. You know, it's a hidden tax. It's the most regressive tax possible. Um, it hits primarily the poor, um, you know, the, the rich, they, you know, their assets go up with inflation, the poor, their money gets destroyed by inflation. Um, so, so a lot of like really, truly evil things are happening and truly like, um, terrible things happening in the world and you're being diverted, your attention is being diverted away from them by these minor differences, right? The, you know, you, let's fight about these little things, right? That keep us up at night and like, you know, Democrat versus Republican and like liberal versus conservative. And like at the end of the day, most people want almost all the same things for themselves and their kids. So if there's any way possible that like, you can just stop arguing with other people. That's what you need to do, yeah. right? Just stop having arguments with people, right? Let them believe whatever they want. Try to find what's similar and try to focus on that. Try to find what you can agree with, you know, with all the people that you usually argue with. We got to like, let go, okay? <laughs> just let go <laughs> of like the need let to go. be right. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. If you let go of that, if everyone lets go of this like need to be proven right all the time and stops arguing with everyone around them and starts like pointing out all the different things are similar between us, right? Um, then we can join forces. We can join together. And if, you know, the whole country, the whole world, the elite elements of our society, they are powerless against us. It doesn't matter how many guns or tanks or bombs they have, right? If everyone in the country stands up and says, we demand this now, give it to us. They yes. must give it to us, right, right. okay? They have to. Mm -hmm. They are powerless against the majority. The problem is there is no majority. The majority has been fractured into a million pieces. It's been shattered. Um, and, and what are these? These agendas are further fracturing us, right? They're, they're further getting rid of, you know, the big tribe and turning it into a million little tribes. So um, th this is the most important thing right now is to stop arguing with people, right? And find where there your common is. ground with them, make friends with them, become like, you know, their allies, you know, multiply your allies and get rid of your enemies, right? Your enemies can be your allies. They're not actually 
you're just thinking that they are. And if you hmm. approach them with love and acceptance and stop arguing with them and stop trying to prove yourself right, just accept what they say and think so that we can create a coalition right, of people who all essentially want the same basic stuff, right? It's like life, liberty, happiness, right? Like what this country is founded upon. Um, th then we have a chance at winning this thing. Powerful, so powerful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and standing in your truth. Uh, it's a phenomenal chat. Um, I know myself, I'm going to go to your website, mygoto.com. Chopping that up. I apologize. I encourage each and every one of you who are listening to this episode to do the same. Um, Dr. Hyder is a powerful man, and thank you so much for coming on the Hidden Gateway podcast. Um, people check his website out. I can't say that enough. He has a lot, a lot of information to share. Go to him for your questions, whatever that may be. And to our audience, we really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hidden Gateway podcast. Remember to stay connected with us at thehiddengateway.com. If you'd like to speak to us, our email is support at thehiddengateway.com. And uh, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This will conclude this week's episode. Until next time, stay positive, stay questioning, be loved, and be free. The Hidden Gateway, out.